0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Carnation. I am joined once again by Devin Jackson. Devin, how are you today?
1: Pretty good, man. Um It busy. took me three attempts
0: to get through that, that yeah. intro, and I'm still not even sure if I did it right.
1: S- sounds like you did. Welcome back. You know, know you need to take a, a much needed break with everything going on, but Good to have you back. Good to be doing the pot again. But yeah, I'm doing good, man. Just in the, the thick of draft season, just trying to to get through these names, man. Yeah, same,
0: Sam. Uh, you know, you mentioned that I, I took some time off. And before we get into today's show, I just I do want to one. Thank you for holding down the fort on the podcast. Uh, I know you only did the one show. Uh, and that is because, as you know, doing a solo podcast sucks ass. So, um, you know, kudos to you for doing that show. I wanted to thank everyone that's reached out to me over the past couple of weeks. It's obviously been uh, if you if you don't follow me on Twitter, which one? How did you get here? But if you don't follow me on Twitter, you probably have noticed I haven't been as active. I've obviously been going through some things. Uh, if again, if you're not if you're not aware, I'm Ukrainian and I'm I'm second generation Canadian. Uh, My grandfather came over to Canada from Ukraine after uh, the second world war. So there are definite personal ties to the homeland there. Um, And seeing everything that's gone on there, I just, I needed to get away from, from podcasting. I couldn't fake the enthusiasm. I didn't really watch any podcasts. prospects until earlier this week i was so fucking out of it guys i wrote a combine article uh reviewing what happened um and then completely forgot to uh release it and i realized that at like one in the afternoon today and was going to do so and then i realized that oh yeah pro days have already started because the nfl can't schedule a damn thing properly but long story short, I wanted to thank everyone that, that, that reached out to me. Uh, if I didn't respond to you, it's not because I'm an asshole. Okay, it might be because I'm an asshole, but it's probably just because I took really a long hiatus from social media, nowhere near as active. Hell, there was a scouting report that went three weeks without being tweeted out because I just didn't do it. I, I, it was finished, and I never tweeted it out. Uh, It didn't even go with the proper format of the new blue chip scouting uh, (laughs) scouting report tweets. Uh, But all that to say, uh, we are now under 50 days until the NFL draft. Uh, Devin, you, like you said, going through these names. I have a lot of names. We were talking about the names before we went live. I have tried to pride myself for years on finally hitting 300 draft prospects. I've never done it. I've come close so many times. This is not going to be the year I do it at all. In fact, this might be the lowest uh, number of prospects I've done since like 2016 or 17. Uh, I have actually put a cap on myself, and I won't I won't say publicly what that cap is. But yeah, 300 out of the question, but I want to make sure I have my best work.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's probably going to be the most I watched uh since i've been doing this i think i'm gonna i'm on track to hit uh about 150 names uh and have the reports is it bad filed that i feel now. that i've
0: already surpassed you like i i am already over 150
1: honestly no i mean i went i it was crazy because this is the earliest i started to like started doing reports because last year i don't even think i started doing my first you one couldn't to, like, do
0: it last year
1: yeah, that too. But no, no, no. Before before that happened, I, like I started like probably mid to late January. But this year, started in December. Uh, got through some names of like the Mount Mac and Mount West early on. But man, I still need to do Romeo Dubs. I've been kind of procrastinating on that one and, and some other name big names in in the conference like Trey McBride too. So I expect to do those in the coming weeks. But I'm, I'm getting close to 100 now and and I think you know this next few weeks uh, unfold I'll be able to knock out some of these couple in a day uh, is, is my goal. Uh, watch some of these big names get them out the way and, and get to some of the smaller names I've been kind of holding out for more film on. Yeah you know what film
0: availability this year has also been a pain in the so I'm not gonna lie.
1: I mean, even on uh, YouTube too, because yeah, it's, it's not even just you know. I know people have been clamoring for all 22, but YouTube cups getting... have been has been pretty pretty scarce, especially for, yeah. for the smaller conferences too.
0: Yeah, you're basically having to try to watch condensed games, which makes it even harder idea. to. It makes no yeah replays exactly. too. no replays exactly. Jeez. Um, however, that's not what we're here to talk about. Obviously. Yeah, it's not the most timely. You're hearing this on Friday. The pot, you know We're already several days into pro days. But just some quick thoughts from me that didn't make it onto the site. Devin, obviously, was tweeting through the combine. I was very much, uh, uh, you know, taking it a, a back seat. Uh, Jordan Davis is an athletic mountain range. That was how I coined it in uh, – in the, in my article, uh, dude should not be able to move that fast at 350 pounds. I uh, made Don Terry Poe look like a sloth and that's not easy to do. Um, I made a joke and I might as well make it on the podcast. Uh, cause I didn't make it into an article form, uh, in the UK home of PFNs, Ollie Hodgkinson and blue chip scouting zone, Zach Rogers. And yes, there is a reason I did it in that order. It's purely to piss off Zach. Uh, <laughs> In the UK, moving house is when you just relocate, and move to a different house. The moving house is what I'm going to call Jordan Davis going forward because the man weighs a shed and moves that fast. Uh, Baylor has all of the speed, perhaps, like, all they have so much speed. They can just give some of that speed to others. Like, if you have excess speed, just go to Baylor. They will give it to you. Uh, Taequann Thornton, ridiculously fast uh Kalen Barnes nearly broke the 40-yard dash record um yeah. JT Woods ran a 4.36. <laughs> like all that was missing was like uh, uh, Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie running sub 4-4 four, four.
1: which they probably would have but yeah I mean Georgia and Baylor took over the combine to be honest uh both schools I mean pretty much everyone from either of those schools tested insanely I mean, they... Penn
0: State didn't actually blow up the combine the way everyone expected them to.
1: No, not really. I don't think... I can't remember. I think Brandon Smith did run... Arnold Ebiketti, I want to say, he didn't run. I don't think he ran the 40, but he did the on-field drills. Also, um, there was a lot
0: made of Tariq Woolen, like, having his blazing fast 40, second-fastest 40, defensive backs ever ran, blah, 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 blah. On the field, though, he looked very... Stiff. He looked very stiff, and you know what? The commentary was like, "Well, you know, he was probably a, a, a round three guy headed into this. You know, maybe he's a round two guy." I'm like, "Why? Because he ran fast. The dude can't open his hips, can't change directions. He can run straight forward very fast, but he's not exactly..."
1: If, look, if it, if his hips don't improve, he's going to be a uh, playing safety. So, yeah. with that cornerback talk, is going to uh, disappear real quick, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not react, overreacting to some of these 40 times. I mean, no, I know people no, no. are going to, you know, especially like Kyle Hamilton, Devin Lloyd, people are oh, were, were take having those with the
0: finest grains of salt because people are like, "Oh my god, he ran a slower 40 than I expected." Yeah, if you look at the top like 10 40 times of all time, literally chris johnson is the only one that has that had any form of career like we all know that john ross be, did end up becoming the greatest football player ever to put on a pair of cleats as did reggie mcneil do you remember reggie mcneil
1: at all i don't even know who that is
0: yeah he was like a northern <laughs> illinois wide receiver i think actually he was a quarterback in college that converted to wide receiver at the nfl uh i believe he was Drafted in like the seventh round by the San Francisco 49ers. And the only reason I know who that is, is he was wide receiver for the Argonauts for like a year and a half. And he wasn't even good up here. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, man. Uh, Jason Spriggs, the offensive tackle from Indiana a couple years ago, the, the Miles Jack year. He was the most athletic, fastest offensive tackle. Do you know how many games Jason Springs has started in his career? Not a single game. Yeah. And there was talk of him going in round one. LaRaven Clark from that same draft class. I could go on and on and on, but they're going to overrate the crap out of the 40. And the other thing, I'm sorry. I, I, I need to get this off my chest, Evan. I haven't spoken on this in a week. I don't know why we needed to see like the camera pans to some random kid in the crowd picking his nose after like every single drill. It wasn't necessary. And I know I'm coming across very much old man yells at cloud, but it, it I didn't need it. I really didn't need to. Oh, well let's see what this random ass kid in section 300 thinks of, uh, of Kyle Hamilton's uh 40 time. I don't, care i don't think they should be there i'm very old school with this shit man i remember the days where you ran your 40 and then you jogged to the front you know know, to the back of the line and, and and you moved on now they got the nfl network feed of it playing on the jumbotron so they look up and they see their time what type of bullshit is this i know very much old man yells at cloud i don't
1: care yeah yeah, I mean, look... You also, know, can it's... the
0: NFL please figure out how the fuck to run a primetime combine? When you run it so late that the entire running back class just decides to just toss off the fucking agility drills... Again, apologies, of course. You know I'm back because you're going to have to mark this as explicit. But when the entire running back class says, now nah, we're not going to run agility, there's probably a problem. Uh, the entire safety class decided that the bench wasn't worth their time. Can we not figure out how to run this efficiently? Please, for the love of God, you should not have players running agility drills at 11 p.m. because you can't schedule properly. Either start it earlier in the day or scrap the the idea as a whole.
1: Or just split it up. Don't make them do everything in the same way. 36
0: running backs, one group. 36? How is that one group worthy?
1: I don't know. They, they were split up. There was one group they split up and it was only like, it's like it was even 36. I don't think I I can't remember what group, but yeah. We
0: had these, we had these same issues. The last time they had the combine in 2020, uh, in 2020, they had two years to figure this out. Do you remember in 2020 when like every linebacker pulled their hamstring?
1: It was a few people that pulled up even running weren't, the weren't as
0: many this year but jesus
1: yeah i mean look first of all i get why they want to do prime time for ratings obviously but if you're gonna do a prime time like make sure these guys have a later day don't make them get up at 7 a.m do media then weigh in and then you have to sit around for like five, six hours meeting with teams, etc., cetera. And then you have to go out and perform, you know, I, I think and like
0: wait 35 minutes between these damn 40 attempts, man.
1: Yeah. They, it needs to be an overhaul, but that that's a different episode for, for another day. We can revisit this probably next year, but <laughs> I, I think just in, in general, I think obviously traction wise, it, it made sense for them to go prime time. Cause a lot of people I don't were think watching it. I don't but, think it did. See, I disagree because they, for me, is like, I would understand like they usually have like super early, especially on like Saturday and Sunday mornings. They usually yeah, have yeah. It the, the
0: weekends they used to they used to start at ten. The other days they'd start at or no, the weekends they'd start at like nine, and uh, the the weekdays they'd start at like eleven. Fine, whatever. God damn, man, like get it together.
1: Money, First money, all,
0: money, man. Yeah, no, it's kind of like how once the draft move project. But the thing is, this isn't the draft. I don't understand why the combine like why they seem to think that like they need to reinvent. By the way, they they do there were some things about the combine I, I liked. I know we didn't want to spend 10-15 minutes on the combine, but we didn't get to talk about it. But like re overhauling some of the offensive tackle drills that the 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 mirror drill and the kick slide drill I'm so glad they're they're gone because they didn't translate well so actually having them do shit that they would do on an actual field I like seeing that can they kill off the wide receiver gauntlet drill because that drill sucks makes no sense can that can that die a slow and painful death next like it that's fine I liked seeing things like that you've had two years but like at the end of the day, like it's, it's this like oh well, it needs to go, it needs to go prime time, and we need to have like all of these fans. How many times did Mark Gorsak have to yell at a fan? Yeah, I don't know. Like you knew this was going to happen. NFL teams aren't going to want to mingle it around the common folk. They're not like media people at the Senior Bowl. What do you think they're going to do with ju- with Jim from accounting at the? You know, who's there with his kids. They don't give a shit. You're in their way. You're going to tell them to get the hell out of your way. Like, God, man, it, it, it annoyed that. Again, old man yells at cloud fans shouldn't be allowed in. But like the, the other thing is like I get the sense that Roger Goodell saw Adam Silver in his in his like, I'm the cool commissioner. And I make fun of Adam Silver, too, because I think he's a he's a knob. But, like, it's like Goodell is trying to, like, reinvent the wheel, kind of like how Adam Silver just decides every couple of years, we're going to make the all-star game new and exciting and, no, just stop, just, they're, like, yeah, it's antiquated, the Combine's ancient and it doesn't really matter, don't try to make it something it's not.
1: Well, that's that's what they they have to do. Unfortunately, the
0: combine has become the rookie sophomore game of the NFL draft. <laughs> of the NFL well, draft, uh, I mean, cycle. the
1: biggest. Usually, we we got lucky this year because usually the big number one, number two, like top five guys don't usually run. So we got lucky on in on that perspective because remember
0: twenty twenty when everyone opted out because it was exactly. they didn't want to be the guinea pig,
1: that- right? So. I'll give, give NFL credit. They got lucky this year because they took advantage of a defensive heavy top five, top 10. And you you obviously want to run to s- separate like Kayvon and, and Aiden Hutchison both ran and Oh, ooh, that was my other
0: point. Why is the NFL labeling those two guys as combined losers? Kayvon Thibodeau somehow has these, these- – work ethic issues. And he comes across as very smug because he says that he's actually really good at football. And apparently now that's a bad thing, except for when the NFL and media tell us it's not a bad thing. And came on Thibodeau or sorry, and, and Adrian, Adrian Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson, you can tell I'm very rusty when it comes to talking. I haven't really done a whole lot of, I haven't had anyone to talk to for a week, Devin. Uh, (laughs) Aiden Hutchinson's arms came in too short and arm length matters except for all of these times where we've told you it doesn't matter unless it shows up on film where Aiden Hutchinson's struggling due to arm length and I start seeing Kayvon Thibodeau lying down and taking a nap in the middle of a play I'm just gonna call bullshit on it. I think it's because these guys had the nerve to be in contention for the number one overall draft pick and play a position other than quarterback because the NFL is secretly run by Zach Rogers, who believes that all 32 first-round picks should be quarterbacks.
1: I mean, apparently NFL does too. But no, on, on the serious note, it, it's, it's that time of the year, man. Unfortunately every year we have a top prospect that gets heavily scrutinized for whatever reason. And this year they decided that it was going to be Kayvon Thibodeau after proclaiming he's, he thinks he's the best football player out there. So what's he supposed
0: to say? No, I suck.
1: Be humble, I guess.
0: But like the other thing is, it's not like,
1: well, the, the funny thing is on, on a separate note on that, George Karloftis is getting like dinged because he's not talking enough. So it's like, right?
0: it matters you... except when it doesn't, we move these goalposts depending on the prospect.
1: So now Karloftis is going to be a second round pick because he's not an alpha male, but when you have an alpha male in front of you, it's a problem. So yeah, man, it's NFL, man.
0: it matters except when it does it, we tell you when things matter and it's just like, where, where are we going with this man? Like, I know we just spent like 20 minutes talking about this on the combine and we, we literally said before we, hit, we hit record that we weren't going to do this, but the NFL combine gave us so many things to talk about.
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's what they wanted to do anyway. So they, they won I fell in for that... the
0: clickbait <laughs> bullshit. Didn't I?
1: <laughs> yeah. They, they won in that department because it, that was their uh... goal to make it, uh, you know, something you talk about past the day it happens or the days that it, that occurs. So gotta give them credit for that one
0: yeah no um what else Uh, i mean we i think we can put a bow on the combine let's move into some prospects we watched i watched a couple of fun tight ends and a highly touted uh uh defensive prospect so Devin, what who do you want me to talk about first
1: i'm all for tight ends you know i love tight ends so all
0: right i watched two guys one of them was uh sneaky fast the other one sneaky good uh Chagosia Mekonkwo. Uh, I almost said Chagosia Mewuzie. Jesus Christ, I'm out of it. Uh, <laughs> Chagosia Mekonkwo out of Maryland and uh, Jelani Woods out of Virginia. And they actually stacked up one right after the other. I think these are very solid day three tight ends in a tight end class. that's sneaky deep. I mean, listen, I haven't gotten to Greg Dulcich yet, but uh, I honestly think that in the top, like, 100 to 125 picks definitely I might have like eight tight ends
1: that sounds about right I mean yeah that that's how deep this class is I mean you got names like obviously McBride and uh, uh, you know near the top but then also you got Kay Odden who's come out for injury but I think he's still one of the better tight ends in this class Um, Isaiah Likely, obviously, from your conference uh, in in the mix. Greg Dosage was was a fantastic watch. Got to watch him last week. Funny story
0: on Isaiah Likely. He's the only player I've watched so far and done the final grade where his preseason grade and his final grade were identical. He got the same marks in everything. Consistent player. 2020 and 2021 tape. Might as well have been the exact same tape. I swear to God, I wa- I watch different games.
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty much same player, explosive. Uh, you know, kind of that F type tight end where he's probably not going to be in line, going to use him kind of in in slot and off the ball. But I mean, very very talented class. But you can go ahead and talk about uh, tight ends you watch before we get too much off the tangent.
0: Yeah, no, no, like the uh, I thought Chagosio uh o- Oconquo, again almost caught him a woozy I really need to stop doing that. Uh Oconquo, s- smooth route runner, really athletic, um decent blocker. I think that he's uh he's actually a solid, again, solid day three. You know, you're probably never gonna have him be your number one tight end, but he's a solid tight end two in that offense. And then Jelani Woods, you you actually watched him as well. So what We'll, we'll kind of go back and forth i saw a guy that's kind of low end starter upside with
1: him i think he's a tight end too i i just don't see tight end one traits on him i see size i see someone that you know is, is a big body gonna be a big red zone target especially early on in his career but i don't see some of the I don't see the hype the same people see on on social media about him. I think there is still a level of development he needs to go through before he can be a serious, you know, first couple options in NFL offense. I, I saw someone, and to me, like. People talk about like how athletic and fast he is for his size. I think there's some tightness and stiffness on him. Oh, moving laterally. There,
0: there is stiffness there, but I do think that this is someone where if needed to, you could, you could have him be a low end tight end one and be okay with it. Yeah, You don't want to be think in, tight in a couple years end end long-term.
1: So. I think couple of years, yeah, like yeah, a couple yeah, of no, years. Yeah. No, no, no,
0: no, no, not right off the bat. No, 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 no i I let's be real here, Devin. I still have a fourth round grade on it for a reason. Same. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But Same. like,
0: this is someone where his ceiling is someone where you can have him as your tight end one and be comfortable with it without needing to like, Oh my God, he's our tight end one. We need to replace him right away.
1: Yeah. see, you want I...
0: him as your number two tight end, but you can get away with him as your number one.
1: I agree. I, I think his blocking still has a way to go. You know, yeah. I, he has yes. length. he has what you're looking for, but I couldn't think of who to comp him to. See, he gave me like like a little bit of Jared Cook vibes in terms of just the way he moves, but in terms of like actual like height weight size comparison, I couldn't quite come up with one cuz so I just don't he's think 6'7 265 the only one I was that I could possibly think
0: of was Dwayne Allen. That was the only one that kind of came to
1: mind. I could see that,
0: but I think yeah. he's a better athlete than Allen was.
1: He's certainly a, a a better athlete. I just think there there's just something missing with him for me, mm-hmm. like. He like when he goes vertical, like he can get down the field. Like he he glides when he runs. But to me, like when he's like making his breaks like outbreaking routes, I just feel like there's a little stiffness in his ankles and he's just not as fluid moving like east to west versus north and south. Like in breaking routes, he looks fine. Not though Illinois was his best game, but like I want to say it was against because I I watched Four games of him, and and I want to say it was one of the games that I was watching. I was like, this dude just doesn't look fluid. I think Louisville gave me at like three, four drops. That was another issue with him. I think he he dropped the ball a little too much for my my liking. But he looked good against Pittsburgh. I, I thought that was also one of his better games. And and I think in terms of you know his projection, he's a tight end too, but. I just think he's he's gonna have to clean up, uh, you know, some of his route running because it, it was very hit or miss with him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Who was your uh, first guy you wanted to talk about?
1: So I watched Jay Sean Corbin last night, and uh, were when you were enlisting this, it was Wednesday night. Um, and you could have
0: just lied and kept it going, man. It doesn't I, I matter.
1: I know, but uh, <laughs> I I thought you know he really put together a nice 2021, you know, he, he was a former Texas A&M guy uh, in, in 2018 and 2019, transferred to Florida state in 2020. And I thought he he really took the, you know, kind of the lead back role in the latter part of the season. Cause he, it, Florida state rotated their running backs a ton. So he, he's not playing every snap, every down. I think there was some outside in this pass reduction, pass protection, but I, I think, he still has a little bit of ways to go in terms of being a consistent uh, pass blocker and, and being in on third downs to to block because he was taken off the field quite a bit on third downs. I did note that uh, in the scouting report, but I think he has some upside as of receiver. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of that ideal size you want, 5'11", 2'02", which would he weigh in at the combine. Uh, I want to say he ran sub four or five if i'm not mistaken oh no no no, he didn't run at all excuse me he, he didn't he didn't test at all which i always thought was a little surprising uh con- considering you know how how fast he looked on tape yeah acceleration but uh yeah you know i i just think he's going to be a day three running back that fits best in in the own scheme and in someone that um you Knows able to 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 accelerate through the hole quickly uh, identify uh, which holes he needs to get through um, accelerate through the hole and, and uh, he he breaks through arms ta- arm tackles but he doesn't um, he doesn't really do anything creative with the ball in his hands once he's outside of you know outside of the box so I kind of deduct him on that he's not really a Um, I don't think he's going to be an RB1 at the next level. I do think he has a skill set where he could be a spot starter, but I think ultimately he's probably going to be a rotational back. Um, Has some special teams uh, in his background as well. Uh, Was a kick returner at Texas A&M. I think he had like a 97-yard kick return as a freshman. Had some other um, returns as a punt returner too at Florida State, but – Overall, I, I like this game. I like this skill set, but I think he's that typical day three guy that uh, is, comes in and is a rotational piece in the back backfield. like him in a zone zone scheme, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I haven't gotten to, to, to Corbin yet, but I've, uh, uh, by the way, apologies if you heard me have an outburst during Devin's uh, thing there. I thought my microphone was turned off and I had to respond to something. So, um, but no, like you were saying, uh, Corbin haven't gotten to him yet. He is one of those guys that's on my list. I am intrigued by him. I heard he did really good things. I mean, in, I'm, I'm intrigued to check out and see if what I've heard matches up on film. Uh, next guy I want to talk about. I, I realized that I said I've watched a highly touted defensive end prospect. I would be doing a disservice if I didn't talk about the fact I watched the like second best player in the Sun Belt this this week as well in offensive tackle from Louisiana Lafayette, Max Mitchell. I say second. I still think that Isaiah likely is the better player, only just by a little bit. Which means for me, he got like a late day two grade. Uh, Listen, I like Max Mitchell. I mocked him in, in round one in the mock draft that's available on Blue Chip Scouting that I put up like three weeks ago or like right after the Super Bowl. Um... I would personally draft him over Trevor Penning and uh, uh, Bernard Ryman, but I, he didn't grade out higher than those guys. But personally, I feel better. I think he's actually further along in his development than either of those guys are. And especially if we're talking value, getting Max Mitchell, even though I have him as a day, uh, you know, as like a round three gr- grade, getting Max Mitchell at 40 makes me feel a lot better than drafting Trevor Penning in the top 10, which is something I've still yet to figure out and has yet to be explained uh, by science. And then Bernard Ryman is like 39 years old as a draft prospect. Not actually, he turns 25 in September, but he's going to be a 25-year-old rookie. Max Mitchell is two years younger, more athletic, and uh, better.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched Mitchell, but uh, someone I want to get to before, uh, you know, we we finish up and get to the draft. But
0: like, I, I, I genuinely feel that like, sure, you know, there's there's that kind of untapped potential thing with Bernard Ryman. And yeah, I again graded slightly higher than than Mitchell, but Mitchell's also two or three years younger. And I think has higher upside because Ryman is very much a boomer bust and you can't afford to draft and stash him. You can with Max Mitchell.
1: Yeah. Max Mitchell, he, he shows some good things out the senior bowl. Um, you know, he, and compared to Raymond uh, or Ryman, excuse me, I keep now I know that I've been saying it wrong this entire time, but Bernard Ryman, telling you, I know, I know, I know, and I just can't get it in my brain, but. Uh, compared to to Ryman, I, I think Mitchell was more refined in terms of his technique. He's not as raw as Ryman in, in terms of just his movement skills and, and just experience. I, I think with Mitchell, you're getting a, a high upside guy with a baseline. Ryman, you're getting a high upside guy. With age and no baseline. So I, I think when when you're separating those two, I do like, you know, just the, the thought of Mitchell a little bit more compared to Ryman and and just constantly seeing Ryman in these round one mocks. I I, I ultimately think he goes probably late round two, early round three, even though people are mocking him in the first round.
0: Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. The last guy I want to talk about, I watched uh, Georgia edge rusher slash defensive tackle Trevon Walker. There are people that genuinely think that he could be the first defender off the board. Could not be me. No, not not going to be me either. Listen, very good run defender.
1: Although I can see the Texans doing something crazy like that.
0: You want to know why? There are two teams I could see genuinely screwing this up, Devin, and taking him as the top defender off the board. Texans, would you like to guess the other one? Jax. No.
1: The... Giants. Connor. Jets. Joe and Jets. <laughs> I was going to say the Giants, but... Oh Same no, that's yeah.
0: But both, both factories of sadness. But uh no, like again, good as a run defender. I think he's still got quite a ways away in terms of developing his pass rusher. I think that the technique is not there. The tools are there to to be good, but just hasn't figured it out. I don't know what it is about these Georgia defensive linemen, man. Devontae Wyatt might be the best of the bunch in terms of being the furthest ahead in his development. But, oh, good grief. Yeah, Trevon Walker got a, got a second-round grade for me. I, I genuinely don't know how the hell to explain Trevon Traits. Walker hype.
1: Traits. I, I... <laughs> that's, that's the biggest one I can tell you. I, it was the same thing with Jason Oway, but to this one it's a larger degree because not only are people projecting what he can be like in a few years, they're also projecting – how much it will develop. And, and it's, it's a little bizarre. I, I will say so. I, I just don't know if I'm willing to go that far in terms of there, there's a, I think there is a cap on how you bet on traits. If it, if it shows on film and you see some development and some like sense of, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Sure. But if you see, you have a guy that's just out there just being, just a, the best athlete on the field, like that's great, but also like you got to have some sort of structure, some plan. And I feel like watching Trayvon Walker, like I see what other people see with him, but I also understand, like I don't know if my mind can get there with him just yet. I think it's, I think it's a little rich. And there are some people that I respect a ton that that think he's the top ten player in this class. I just don't see that. It ain't gonna be me.
0: Any last guys that you want to talk about before we get on out of here?
1: Yeah, a couple, a couple of my guys I've been watching for my conferences, one being Sky Moore. Um, figured I'd go ahead and watch him and, and see what everyone's talking about. I, I think he's a – he's a, you know, I define this in a, the Sky Room He's a professional route runner. Dude understand, <clears throat> understands how to attack leverage, how to get open and, and find the open spot and zone and just – absolutely embarrassed press man corners. And while I see that and I see what he brings. And on that note, I, I don't know if he has a second gear. I know he ran a, a sub four, four at the combine. And, and that's just straight, straight line speed. But when he has the ball, I don't see the second gear that I think other people see. I think I see a very good player that can work in in the boundary and in, in two way go in the slot. That's kind of what I see as projection. I don't. I don't think he's going to be a mainly outside receiver. I think he's going to be used all over the field uh, to 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 garner those one-on-one matchups. I didn't love his, uh, you know, his play on contestant passes. I thought, you know, he he didn't come down with them more than he did. I know he did make some great catches on film, but you know. Watching the, you know, the pick game in Michigan, he didn't play the entire game because he got hurt early on. But some of the, the stiffer competition he played, I didn't see the, you no know, natural separation using his speed. He is more about his footwork and, and ability to hit the blind spots. But I think he's going to be a really good player. I think he's kind of the same boat as Jahan Dotson as they're both really good players, really, uh, really quick off the line of scrimmage, you know, work a lot of work very well against press releases, but I don't see that dominant trait with them. I see a very good football player in both of those guys, but I don't see a transcendent one. And that's why he got a third round grade for me, because I felt like compared to other receivers in this class, they have a trump card. We know what Drake London's trump card is, Jameson Williams. Um, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, But I, I just feel like there's no trump card with Sky Moore when you line up against one of the best defensive backs, what's going to be the reason you get open? And you can't just rely on route running. So I, that's why I felt about Sky Moore. I think he's a really good football player, but I don't think he's going to get selected not until late round two, maybe round three. But I, I just don't see the early round two hype that I've been seeing with him. I think he's a really good football player though.
0: Yeah, I like Sky more. I think the hype's gotten a little, again, gotten away. I, I think, honestly, a lot of the the, the the hype we see on prospects is just when people get bored.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's been a number of debates over the last month just about random things. Like, the latest one is – Garrett Wilson, does he jump while he catches the football? Catches the football. And it just stems from him. Clemson highlight <laughs> that and, and him doing that <laughs> the combine. So it's like God like, damn. It, it's there's we get to a point where we understand what a player does well, that we start to nitpick what they do well and say, is this really what they do well? And and it just the discourse never ends. So I'm kind of glad we're finally moving away from the quarterback class but I'm now it's like we're getting. Yeah, because where... they
0: suck. Oh, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about is that nothing the quarterbacks did at the combine. It mattered whatsoever.
1: I mean, it wasn't going to matter anyway, because they did no, the nothing
0: like it never does. And that's the thing is they always go, oh, is this person going to throw? Is this person going to run? It doesn't matter. Everything that's shown on television involving quarterbacks, none of it matters for God's sake. Trevor Sikkema put this perfectly. They're not giving it down in distance. They're not wearing pads. They're not, you know, uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're running, They're not throwing to players that they hadn't met until earlier in the day. And I'll add this one in myself, Devin. I can't take anything a quarterback does seriously while they're being evaluated when they're not wearing pants.
1: Yeah, uh, well, shout out to Johnny Menzo. I will say, shout out to Johnny Menzo because he was the one that was like, You there know, what? a name I haven't heard in almost a decade. You know what? I'm gonna put the pads on and helmet, and I'm really gonna do this on Pro Day, so no one's gonna top that. But <laughs> oh, we'll see what we'll, I we'll
0: forgot see. about that. <laughs> we'll
1: see, I we'll thought see you were talking about. Somebody did recently, nah, nah, way back, but but no, I we'll see what happens on Pro Days. I think it. That's gonna be
0: yeah. That's where that all the talk is. you yeah. schedule that oh, right. Uh.
1: But I will anyway. say though on 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 the quarterback talk, I will say I I do think Sam Howe is better than people are giving him credit for.
0: I have said that as well. Uh, I will say that Desmond Ritter is still not
1: good at football. I got him coming up, and it's gonna be a ride. <laughs> have fun.
0: Uh, th- I think that's the perfect place to end it. Uh- <laughs> That's going to do it for today. As always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting at Blue Chip Scout. Uh, ad reads after this, and we will see you guys next week. I want to thank our friends over at Jersey House for sponsoring today's show. No one likes paying full price for jerseys, and thanks to Jersey House, you don't have to anymore. Jersey House has all your needs covered, whether you want an NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, or college jersey, or if you want a jersey for the European football, they've got it all. They also do custom jerseys and are always looking to add more players to their vast catalog. Head on over to jerseyhess.ca and use the code BIGSHOTS to save 15% off your next order and help give back to the podcast. They ship anywhere in the world, and Devin and myself swear by their products. That's jerseyhouse.ca and the promo code BIGSHOTS for 15%.